Welcome to In The Change Room, made just for you by Bright Rock, and yes, indeed. As you've heard, as you've seen over the past couple of days as well, if you are South African, if you are within the borders of South Africa, if you are elsewhere on the continent, or indeed around the globe, and you're South African, you can walk around and tell everyone that you see that you are a world champion once again, for the third time. And that's exactly what we're going to be exploring on the show. And if you don't know who this is... My name is Loazis Kubu, a presenter, reporter and a journalist at Supersport. New to the show, but all the same, very excited to be chatting all things rugby and Springbok rugby uh, to be specific. I am not alone. I'm alongside Johan, who I'm going to hand over. He's going to do the honours of introducing himself and exactly who he is and what he does. And he's just been speaking about his predictor and what he did achieve as far as predicting the Rugby World Cup results are concerned. And before we even get to that, the final, did you get that one right? That's the question. I had the final spot on. Mm. It is um, actually margin I got wrong. I thought it would be a little tighter than that. And uh, if the game went on another 10 minutes, I would have been even more wrong in terms of margin. So it's great. As for introducing myself, Johan Kutsir, rugby editor at supersport.com, and very, very happy to be here today. Well, certainly happy to be here, happy to be with you. And again, he's a champion, as is the man who's currently sitting to my left. And uh, Prince, some may know him, others call him Virgil. I don't know which one you you you, you do uh, prefer, but uh, I'm sure champion is in there yeah, somewhere as well. Yeah, I'm taking champion for today. I'm the, for the next four years, let's call me Prince the champ. Um, but I am a comedian, full name Virgil Prince. Uh, but for those in the industry and for fans out there, they know me as the comedian formerly and informally known as Prince. Hi, my name is Sabela Sinatla. I'm Paul True. Hi, I'm Carl Brown, and, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to In the, the Change, change room. room. Okay, champion. Um, <laughs> let's. I mean, let's let's go straight into the final. Let's go straight into what uh, we did see, Johan. And of course, we were watching. I was watching with a couple of friends, and before the weekend of the final, the question that was thrown at me was. How well do you think the box are going to play? And are there are they certain levels or certain uh, gears that they haven't engaged yet? And I was stumped. I was stumped because, I guess, based on, on what we'd seen England do against New Zealand in the semifinals, but the final was a totally different story. Right. Yes, yeah, somehow I was never nervous. Mm. I was in the back of my mind. I thought the game you would have had to look at to see what we're going to do in the final was a loss against the All Blacks at Loftus last year, yeah. where we outplayed them for 75 minutes, only lost in the last couple of, but we played the New Zealanders off the park. Yeah. And, and I knew that was the type of game plan that we always want to engage. Did they, did they engage second and third gear in the final? And, and not before, definitely. They, uh, all of a sudden, that just box kick and chase thing was gone. They were trying yeah. to attack them everywhere they could. <laughs> so uh, that, that's, our, that's our standard A game plan, and it, uh, it worked. It, it's quite interesting you mention that, because in, in, I guess, watching and listening to some review shows from around the world, a lot of people didn't think that the box did have that that. that second, third gear. And again, that's probably because they didn't watch or they haven't been watching the box over the last year and a half. And I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that, that game at Loftus because that's probably, the you asked the All Blacks, that's probably the one game where they felt 
again, for 75 minutes, yeah. we were strongly, strongly outplayed. Yeah, and we learned a big lesson that day. Yeah. I think the lesson Rasi Rasmus learned was how to use the bench more uh, effective yeah. and efficiently. Yeah. I, f- I feel like in that game, he withdrew a couple of key players too early on or in two large groups. Like, he was taking them out in twos and threes mm. and the momentum just shifted. And you know how the All Blacks are in the last 10 minutes of the game. They do a legitimate gear change yeah. where they really go for it. Yeah. Um, for me, in the final of the Rugby World Cup, I won't even go so far as to say it was a gear change. I think we just finally ironed out the shirt, you know, because yeah. I felt like we were playing brilliant, brilliant rugby before that. However, the knock-ons, um, the forward passes, mm. um, the, you know, like the small silly mistakes, which mostly came from guys like Valila Rui, you know, mm. not catching the high ball. Yeah. Even against New Zealand, Henry Pollard also uh, not catching the high ball. Small mistakes that don't belong in a final. And we literally took those mistakes out and then played the game, kicked a little bit less as well, uh, distributed it a few, uh, a little bit more often. Yeah. And I think it's, it was slight adjustments um, which really won us that game. Slight adjustment. Our forwards were still amazing as usual. Mm. Our backline still had the potential to be super dangerous. Uh, we just took out those silly things. I remember there was a game before that against Wales where we had a try scoring opportunity yeah. and did a forward a pass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, oh, why did you forward pass? You, there was one where I think Lucanio arm broke free. He had Mapimpi on his left hand side and with the line to, yeah. and then just yeah. threw it on his feet. And then that right hand pass from Vili to, uh, was it Nkosi that was away yeah. on the right or yeah. And there was a way on the right hand side, yes. and then the pass just skipped like. Oh, and that is oh. what we eliminated in the final. And the moment we became clinical, Prince. But can just... I can I ask you now? Yes, sorry. Where in that final did you know we were going to win? Um, where did we win it is when our scrum started becoming completely dominant. Yeah. There was a point in the game where every single scrum was penalty, mm. was penalty worthy. Like, especially when Stephen Kitchoff came on and on his first scrum, we hit another penalty. And you could yeah. see he was like, yeah, yeah, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> and just before the halftime, I heard one of the commentators saying like every uh, front row player on the bench must be licking their lips saying, I can't wait to get in there and yeah. show them what I've got. Because Beast was already destroying them mm-hmm. so you know the youngsters you know uh, Kitschoff and, and Vincent Koch and them were probably like yeah when I get in there are we going to reinforce this mm. okay alright uh, and uh, let's uh, continue to talk about champions and winners uh, Castle supporters Jersey giveaway has produced eight more winners so last week we asked the question what did Jeremy Gasket say uh, the main reason was that England lost the 1991 Rugby World Cup final and our winners are as follows Kefilu Mabilane Lechal Buertes Jacques Henning Mvume Mahalakanga I hope I said that I said that correctly Chantal Buertes Tato Lemoha Henry Alexander and Andile Majola. We say congratulations to all you guys. And you, if you haven't won anything yet, can too still be a winner. We're giving away another eight jerseys in this episode. So uh, another four jerseys, rather, in this episode. So do listen out for this week's competition question later on in the show. And uh, Johan, can we actually enter? Are we allowed to enter? I'd like to win a jersey. <laughs> We're not allowed to enter. I'm sorry. No. No. Can I? Can I? Well, you, I mean, you, 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 Prince you, told me about his prediction, yeah. uh, his prediction numbers throughout yeah. the World Cup. I don't want to go up against you. <laughs> <laughs> let's, give, let's give the guys a chance, man. Yeah. Well, actually, I didn't. I, didn't, I don't think I, I predicted too much. I think you, you guys touched on offer. You touched on the result, yeah. the Uruguay result against Fiji. Yeah. Uh, the Japan results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A couple of results that would have thrown a lot of people off. But uh, again, we. You, know, you both got the, the final spot on. But let's just talk about, again, the significance of this win as South Africans and, and what it means for us. I mean, 
again, it, as, as young a country as we are, there's only really been one thing that has unified us more than anything else. Yeah. That's been through sport. So what I, I, I learned from this whole thing was they lost their first match. They never gave up. It, it's rare where you find the, the person who are supposed to be the underdog rising up and winning the cup. So to me, I was sitting with my daughter when we were watching this and I remember saying to her, Do you, what lesson are you, are, you, are you taking from this? That you, it doesn't matter where you start in life. You can fail, but you can rise up and be the champion. So to me, I'm here to celebrate the lesson they taught me. That it, it doesn't matter what, what happens when you start. What matters is your mindset. Are you willing to stand up and rise up and, uh, and become the champion? We kind of go to South Africa. Um, passing the coach, we know exactly that. We go through a lot of challenges in the country and we always find a way to get through it, especially when we get together and know everybody uh, and we start fighting for something and we knew, uh, Coach let us know that we all knew if we lost another game that was it for us and we had to fight every single game like it was a playoff so we gave it everything we could and um, I think like I said earlier like with the, without the support of the people back home you know uh, because the people back here know exactly what it feels like to have your back against the wall. Yeah, people might be learning from us, but we, everything that we did there and took there, we got it from the people here in South Africa. 12 years from our last World Cup, when 24 years from our first one, yeah. the significance and the role that this win plays, is it still the same or is it even more significant now? Even more significant, John Smith said it best, you know, John Smith said, you know what, I've won a World Cup, I've lifted the World Cup trophy, but I can tell you for sure, this one tastes way sweeter. Yeah. Um, I think this is the first time um, we went into a World Cup with a diverse uh, sporting mm. team, a team that really shows the demographic of the country. Yeah. You know, um, I'm a comedian, so I, I tell jokes a lot of the time. I know I haven't been funny so far, but I've just been so passionate <laughs> about saying these things that I'm saying. Um, but um, um, one thing I've always noticed about sport is... Uh, the, the team of any country it normally uh, showcases the demographic and the people of that country and I feel like in South Africa due to our racially divided past um, I feel like as South Africans we've we've kind of like told ourselves lies and we've started to believe our lies mm -hmm. so uh, we've told ourselves that rugby is a white man's sport we've told ourselves that soccer is a black man's sport yeah. we told ourselves that cricket is was, was a white man's sport now you see there's, there's black players colored players coming into the frame this is the first time we've taken a team to the World Cup that has been truly diverse mm. I mean we had white players black players colored players we're still waiting for the Indian guys but that will happen eventually <laughs> 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 but, but I think as South Africans we need to break down these walls that we've set in between and, and this was a beautiful 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 occasion yeah. uh, Sia Kolisi being the first black player to lift a World Cup trophy not even the first black player from South Africa, the first black player to lift the World Cup trophy. Do you know that now, um, I've read that England are now uh, thinking about assi assigning Mario Itoji as the captain. English captain, right? Um, Sonny Bill Williams has also put forward a, um, a request or a, a opinion in New Zealand for them to get their first Maori captain uh, of the New Zealand team. So can you see, this has done changes not only in South Africa, this has done changes in the way the whole world views 
the sport, you know what I'm saying? And I'd like to see changes like that in Bafana Bafana as well. You know, I'd like to see white players in Bafana, but not just the goalkeeper, mm-hmm. like each other white players as yeah, I well. Mean, in Russia, but to the cricket team as well. We need him to now coach all our sports. Yeah. <laughs> and the country. How, how, the country. how great was he when he started out? He, in his very first press conference, he said, I know these are the political expectations of me, yeah. so yeah. this is what I'm going to do. He went out, appointed a black captain, make yes. sure he, he got more than 50% representation. Yes. Got that out of the way. So no politics anymore. Now I'm taking this squad and I'm making yes. them win the World Cup. Yeah. That's the right way to do it. Yes. And he's won a lot of friends because of that. You're right. I want to add on to what you were saying. Yes. This is the first Springbok team that's won a World Cup that everybody in this country can associate with. Yeah. And that makes a big difference. I was at the airport last night just yeah. to feel the vibe. I took my seven-year-old lady yeah. there. We're just going to drink some. <laughs> Doing some of that atmosphere in, and yeah. and if you saw the crowd then, I, I don't know how many of the videos you saw. Yeah. That was yeah, you know that's not a white man sport, and the joy yeah. wasn't only from white men. There yes. were there were a lot of us there, yes. but the, the place was packed, and everybody was involved, and everyone was yeah. passionate. This was a win for all of us, yes. and all of us are excited, and all of us are champions. Yes, it, 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 it's a fantastic feeling as well. It has to be. I'm getting goosebumps right now. I yeah. do not want to lie, uh, because again, as you guys put it, like just the significance of this win, and again, I, I don't know. If if, if going into the World Cup, a lot of us who have been watching the Springboks over the last two years expected this. I mean, we went in as one of the favourites. Uh, were we heavy favourites? Perhaps not. But again, I think for me, that just speaks to the essence of being South African in so many yeah. spheres, in so many uh, areas of, of everyday life uh, globally. South Africans are usually underdogs in a lot of what they do. And yeah. uh, it, it just makes it that much sweeter to get this victory yeah. uh, and and then go on and listen uh, in, in, in retrospect to uh, a lot of... Uh, you know, a lot of these review shows talk about oh, Ireland this, Wales that, yeah. or England, and I mean the week building up to the final was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and just how ridiculous England and the media yeah. were just like, they're like, we've ours, got it's this. Ours to win. <laughs> yeah, I was to win. I was just like, guys, do you I, I love, I love doing last week's podcast because we had an Englishman on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, yeah. Was, uh, he was also. Yeah, and then we had a nice little uh, conversation there about. Yeah. they just couldn't see anything in the South African team, yeah. and they and he said as much. The third annual Bright Rock Players' Choice Awards brought to you by Bright Rock and My Players. The South African Rugby Players Organization will be held at the park at Hyde Park on Tuesday the 19th of November 2019. The awards held by players for the players are the only of their kind in South Africa and sees professional rugby players from SA's 14 unions vote for their top players across six award categories. The award ceremony will see professional South African rugby players honour and acknowledge their peers for playing the bounce over the past season. Limited tickets available to the public from Friday the 4th of October from Ticket Pro. Welcome back. We continue to talk all things Rugby World Cup 2019 and of course what transpired I guess at the end the final game where South Africa were crowned world champions for a third time what we are going to do now is play a little game where we're going to play a couple of clips for you and uh, I guess ask these two gentlemen to decide if they actually believe what is being said or perhaps there's a bit of a a hidden agenda behind those words and the first one is uh, with coach Rassi Rasmus so I guess former coach now Rassi Rasmus (laughs) and he was asked does he feel or did the box uh, hold back a couple of their cards ahead of the Rugby World Cup final and this is his answer. 
We actually didn't try to hide anything. Um, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the Japan game, we actually gave them 40 points. And then the New Zealand game, that they were just better on the day. And then we actually smashed Namibia and we smashed Canada. Um, you know, we uh, was the last game. And then we smashed Italy by 40 points. We actually had the highest scoring try scoring team at the World Cup. And then when we, we, when we played Wales, Wales is the kind of team. And then we played Japan again and we gave them, again, I think, four, four or five tries. So we scored, we scored a lot of points again. Uh, but then we played Wales, it was a kicking, kicking game. And if you lose your patience against Wales, uh, they beat England twice this year. They're the Six Nations champ. So that was actually the rugby championships winner against the Six Nations winner. So, and then in the final, you know, uh, we actually kicked almost as much, but then Lukanya just brought the magic, and Mapimpi brought the magic, and Cheslin brought the magic, and you know, the individual players, just whatever they saw, they they, they played, and I, and I guess that's what we wanted all the time. So, it wasn't really that we were hiding anything, it was just that the players felt so comfortable and confident, and, 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 and the platform was laid there, and they really just they know, used their talent. So, we didn't really hide anything. Okay, so there it is, gentlemen. Yes or no? Do you believe what uh, I, Sir Rasi Rasmus has said? I do not believe him for one second. <laughs> <laughs> he held back all his aces up his sleeve and then he played them. And of course, he's going to deny doing it as yeah. any good cheat does. You, yeah. you don't tell people. No magician yeah. tells people tricks. Yeah. Now he held up a couple of things up his sleeve. I, th- I think there was still a couple more if we were yeah. if we were to go behind in yeah. that game. You yeah. know, he'd have pulled off even more. Yeah. But yeah, you don't. Why? Why just play? We're not the All Blacks. We don't have to impress people all the time. Yeah. If, it, if it's good enough to get the win and get you to the final, yeah, that's fine. I don't believe him, and but I'm happy I don't believe him. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess that's always been the South African blueprint. Do you do you do you agree with those? Uh, I think he was honest for the most part. However, I think in that final week he was really playing mind games yeah. with England because in the final week he was saying things like, "Yeah, we're not changing anything mm. at all. We're playing the exact same game." And let's be honest, in the final we kicked much less, we ran a bit more. Yeah. Our decision making was a little bit different. It was not exactly the same thing. And I think he he held a little slight tweak um, mm. under his shirt yeah. sleeve that yeah. that they didn't know was coming. Uh, Faf kicked much less, but much more accurately. Um, Pollard's distribution was a little bit more on song. Yeah. You know, Paula had like nice little crossfield kicks as well happening throughout Oof. the game. A couple of really nice up and yeah. unders happening throughout the game. So yeah, I think we tweaked it slightly, and the return of Chesney Kobe also meant that we could swing it wide a little yeah. bit more often. So when he told Eddie Jones that I was bringing the exact same thing, Eddie believed it because <laughs> he also said in the media article he says he knows for a fact that the Springboks are coming through the front door. Yeah, right. We did come through the front door, but he forgot there was a little window open in the toilet as well, <laughs> and uh, we said a couple of guys through the window. <laughs> we certainly did send a couple of guys through that window. And I mean, I remember a couple of times, maybe once or twice as well, Makazole Mabimpi going up for the high ball and winning it. And oh, like, okay, yes, nice. let's, let's do this. So uh, the gentlemen feel... It's and no, they don't quite believe Rasi. I definitely agree with you. I definitely do not believe Rasi either. There was a different approach, different game plan going into that final. Uh, second time around is going to be good old Sculpert. We know that he's uh, exiting the rugby scene and a fantastic way to exit. So he posed this question to Franz Stein and Dwayne Femulin, two uh, players who are on the other side of 30 as well uh, within the box setup, and asked them in a, a, a rather humorous way if they are also going to be saying goodbye to international rugby. 
Stain, Dwayne from Yulin. Still got plenty to offer as far as rugby players are concerned, but uh, within the box setup, is this it for them? I don't know. I don't think Skalk would have asked that question <laughs> if he didn't know the answer. Yeah. So, yeah, no, the same Skalk's the, Skalk's the right guy to, to, ask, to ask that question because he's answered it. You've Ooh. got a lot of value as an older player. Yeah. If, you, if you can still keep the energy up there and you, you can mean so much to the, to the squad, mm. whether they'll be starters or whether they'll just be, go play that role at, at Super Rugby franchises or wherever, yeah. I don't know, but I, I think there's, there's still a lot of life in both of them. Yeah. I feel like, you know, Franz Stein, just for the mere fact that, you know, back in 2007, he was like a star kid at the back, um, but this time he's more or less shifted into the bench. I think for him, possibly depending on who else we have out there, we can play a brilliant role at fullback or even as a utility bag, yeah. like at the back in different positions. Um, Franz Stein, maybe it's done. Uh, Dwayne Vermeulen, though. Um, I think he's still just such a power, power, power player that I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he sticks around uh, for a few more seasons um, unless some brilliant kid comes out of nowhere and takes his position, which happens in South Africa. Mm. Um, That's a fantastic point you make because the, my next question was, especially with Dwayne, is there an eighth man as good as he is or slightly as good as he is within South Africa? Do we have a player, if if he was to say that this is me, I'm done, oh. do we have a an already made eighth man that come the June tests ne- next year walks into that side? No, we don't, not in his mould. We have mm. Warren Whiteley who can come back, yeah. but he's a completely different kind of player. Mm. Uh, what we do have is guys like Janu Christus and those guys that are also big bulky yeah. mm-hmm. like to take physical contact type players but none of them are ready for test rugby yeah. yet which makes Dwayne continue yeah. up until the Lions series at least in two years time yeah. he's got to stay involved yeah. there and make sure he gives us a new Dwayne before he goes yeah so it's up to him he must give us yeah, a give new us Dwayne. another Dwayne <laughs> <laughs> if you want to leave give us another Dwayne <laughs> powerful but, uh, but I mean the, the, there are two players that we do know or three players I guess we do know that are leaving for sure Sure. Actually, no. Let's go back to two because we know that uh, Scalbridge is 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 ending his time as a rugby player. Uh, Francois Lowe has said goodbye to the Springboks as well. And again, a man who, for the longest time, perhaps playing within South African shores, was extremely underrated. Only once he left, and uh, I guess maybe got to know a bit of the the other conditions uh, uh, up north, uh, did we really start to appreciate the man that he is and the player that he is. And his work just in the loose, his work around the field. What have you made of his career before we talk about about uh, the Beast as well? What have you made of his career and his contribution to the Springbok cause? Beast. Uh, uh, France alone. Oh yeah, France alone. No, no, cool. Cool. Like like we said once again, it's another one of those situations where, you know, um, we, we make substitutions and it just gets better. Yeah. Um, and France has been that guy and the Wales game, that turnover that he did or the penalty that he got like in the it last was a tournament few winning turnover there. Exactly. Because yeah. Wales is probably as close as we got to exiting this tournament yeah. that was very close um so that was that was crazy good 
So yeah, no, his performance in the World Cup brilliant. Yeah. Um, sometimes I believe like play your position. You know, you might you might not be in the starting lineup, but when it's your time, do your thing. And he's been absolutely solid. Um, um, he, he's taken the position of of Kwaha Smith, who I I really like Kwaha Smith a lot. Yeah. Um, but he took that role and he played brilliantly. He's, I didn't even know he was retiring for that for that matter from international rugby because mm. he still looks so young. How old is he? Yeah, remember, three, four now. Let's let's all remember that last year this time, Russia oh, Scott. Which was also officially retired. Yeah. Yeah. So with Russia, anything is possible. Yeah. <laughs> if I can make a quick comment about Francois Lowe, he had the bad luck when he was in South Africa to be up against guys like Heinrich Brissot and Marcel Kutsia and those yeah. guys. So yeah. he was always a little, little down on the on the, on the ladder. You know, the old Brissot. Yeah. It was even Luke Watson. There was a whole lot of, yeah. of, of people in that. Yeah. In that yeah, so maybe he didn't get all the tests he should have, but you were right. He went to Bath, yeah. grew as a player, and added a lot to the Springbok yeah. team, especially in terms of leadership. Mm. Mm. Uh, certainly is the case for uh, Francois Lowe, and uh, of course we, we 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 love his we love his performances, we love his contributions. Another man that is endeared all around the globe is Tendai Mtawari. There it is, there it is, <laughs> and uh, there are rumblings that perhaps it could be the end of his time with the Springboks as well. Uh, I mean, what the most capped uh, prop, uh, Springbok prop of all time, yeah. the 117, mm. 118 caps. I'm not quite sure what it is, but again, you cannot understate what he has meant, yeah. not only to Springbok rugby, yeah. but again, we go back to, I guess, that, that, that Sia Kulisi factor yeah. where to black African. Oh rugby players and his journey to becoming mm. the beast yeah that is of absolute significance yeah no amazing um look for me personally if beast were to retire after this world cup i would say goodbye with a smile and with a, a happy heart yeah i feel like um he's done a wonderful job over the years and i feel like this world cup is a, a perfect climax or perfect pinnacle um he could probably play a couple of more years um but if he had to decide to end it now yeah. i would say goodbye with a, a smile on my face and a happy heart and knowing a standing that ovation. and a standing yeah. ovation i mean after that performance as well where he yeah. i want i want to talk about that because yeah. the the question is where in the ladder of springbok props throughout history yeah. where, where does beast fit in mm. and my answer is right at the top yeah and i grew up idolizing osterant and yeah. i still think osterant's an amazing rugby player yeah but the first game i saw beast play live was in 2009 against the lions in that first first test yeah. where he took full Vickery apart we won that game because yeah. he full Vickery afterwards said yeah. is the quote is you know you had a bad game when right after the whistle your mom and your missus phones you to tell you they still yeah. love you <laughs> <laughs> and then exactly 10 years after that he does the same thing in a World yeah. Cup final not only the World Cup final the two preceding games as yeah. well yeah. in fact he's, that scrum has dominated all year yeah. Yeah. Um, for him to have done that for so long and to have won games of that influence yeah. that puts him right at the top best, best loose set ever to play for South Africa and that's quite an accolade mm. that is no, quite it is. an accolade uh, I, I will say I am super excited though about Stephen Kitchoff yeah I'm super excited. No, we will. Yes, yes, we are uh, absolutely well stocked. Uh, we, 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 we won't complain if, if, yeah. if you know, Beast does call it mm. a day. We still have to see him play. Yeah. Um, we got Ox and Ten coming through. You know, like a lot of Oxen. guys. Yeah, a lot of, yeah, he's the new Beast. He's now going to the shops as well. Yeah. yeah. So there's yeah, no, the the pipeline's working well for us. Listen, there. as a as a as a, a man from from uh, the east coast of the, of this country, I'm very happy about that move. But uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about that another time. But there was a, there's there was so many standout players we've already touched on uh, throughout the World Cup, the final itself. Doing from Yulin 
and and the the performance he put in. But again, one standout player that for the last two years, even with the shift in in, in position, has just taken flank flank rugby or loose Lucy rugby to another dimension. Never thought it would be possible. He's taken it to another dimension and for his performances, he's been rewarded as the RB, the World Rugby Player of the Year. Yeah, yeah. from Peter Sleft to Toy. He is amazing in that for a guy who's actually, and I was, I was when Heineken Mayer first shifted him to flank, yeah, I yeah. thought that was a terrible mistake. The guy's too big, he's too bulky. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but he proved us wrong. And then, by yeah. the way, the interesting thing is what I noted with some technical analysis done by some other guys in the week is how he managed to, his job was to, to mark George Ford, their fly-off, who's quite quick on his feet. Yeah. And he would do that for five, six phases in a row, yeah. that he would never leave George Ford. Yeah. So they could never attack that channel. Yeah. They were never allowed because no one wants to run into Peter Steph. Yeah. That, yeah. that apart, I mean, that's why maybe if he didn't do all the tackles he normally did, he, he took that 10, 12 of these yeah. out. Yeah. They, they didn't have anything to that's do. Brilliant. And and that's how, you know, that's how you win big games. That's why he's got the biggest accolade of, uh, that you could get yeah. in World Rugby. Yeah. Congrats to him. What a, what a player. And yeah. he's still got a couple of years. So and that's, that's, that's the most exciting thing mm. about it, isn't it? He's still got so much to offer. And yeah. I mean, what, how old is he? 25, 6, 7? He's around there, but that type of performance if, for a lot of South Africans who've been watching him over the last few years yeah. has been coming. Yeah. This accolade has been coming for Peter Steph Detroit. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, you saw it in the All Black game where, where he just broke through and mm. scored a try. Um, but that aside, do you know who he reminds me of a lot? Do you guys remember Juan Smith? Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> he reminds me of Juan yeah. Smith a lot. Um, but yeah, just the guys who put in a high amount of work, um, huge stature. I mean, can you imagine playing against the, the Springboks and seeing like, you know, they, they call us the tournament's brutes, like mm. we're the brutes of the yeah. tournament. Imagine you see there's Eben Etzebeth, tall guy, there's Archias Neyman, there's Malcolm Marx, big, thick guy, there's Peter Steff to Tue. Like, you've got to be feeling like, whoa, I'm up against something yeah. here. And Peter Steff, I think he just completes that framework of power beautifully, hard work, power. And um, it's been a while now that the Springboks have had a rotational loose, forward, yeah. uh, loose forwards, yes, where the locks can be flanks, can be eighth men, can be everything. And that's why, like, when Peter Steff moved away from lock, I was also like, okay, that's a little bit surprising. Mm. But seamlessly and I'm sure you could even play like eighth man like these guys they move around yeah. perfectly and it's an advantage we've had for a couple of years now that the All Blacks in Australia consistently point out to be like yo you guys whoever you choose in that frame just works yeah, yeah. And congratulations yeah. to him and uh, you know being voted the world's best player uh, yeah. and again we just really are blessed to have we, we also uh, have to add Rashi being the world's best coach yeah. Springboks yeah. being the world's yeah. best team yes. amazing year yeah. Springboks being number one ranked in the world yes we were what seventh, eighteen months wow, ago when yeah. Russia took over. Yeah. What 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 a magnificent journey! Rugby and championship. What a, yeah. um, what, a, what a what what a wonderful honour to have you know, yeah. gone through that journey with them. What an amazing yeah. story! Yeah. <laughs> it also reminds it also reminds me that the standard has been set so high. Mm. Yeah. Come twenty twenty, and I guess building up to the Lions series as well. Yeah. What happens now? What happens to the Lions? They had a plan. <laughs> they, uh, they had a plan, and now, yeah, they thought, no, we're just going to South Africa, you yeah. know, do some safari. Yeah. All yeah. of a sudden, no. It's serious now. They're starting to hit that scrum machine already, I'm telling yeah. you. That. <laughs> and remember, they're coming here with quite a bit of a grudge now. No, and that's they, a th- They've got all. a lot to prove yeah. now. Yeah. They're like, we owe you guys, because they're hurting as we yeah. speak. Their podcasts are not as happy as ours. <laughs> <laughs> they're in a darkly lit they don't, room. They don't, you don't have any comedians. <laughs> there's no comedians. Right they've got a priest. There's a priest in the, po- the 
Pope is there. It's, that's not good. It's gloomy. <laughs> oh, Trish, it certainly is. But uh, we've got so much to celebrate as uh, South African uh, rugby fans. And uh, listen, we'll continue to do, to do that for the longest time. I think <laughs> Johanna and, and Virgil will talk about it. And another four years. Another four years we'll be talking about being champions of the world. So, as we do in each episode, uh, we listen to a snippet from Halftime Chat with Steven Gacy. And this week, he's in conversation with uh, Fokov Polisica founder, Francois van Kook. It took my parents a long time to warm up to this thing. You know, my dad hasn't said the name yet. He calls it Fokus Polisica. <laughs> After 16 years, my mom is kind of into it now, but it, things kind of changed when I, um, I started a solo career, like in 2015 I had it, and I had like this big Afrikaans hit song that kind of crossed over to all kinds of people, and my mom's friends got into this song, and I think that kind of gave them the reason to kind of try and listen to what I had to say, and then they kind of started warming up to it. Mm. So it took it took me like 13 years for my folks to get into mm. my music. Mm. If there's any kids who are listening here who want to be musicians or sportsmen, I think that tells you that it doesn't happen overnight. 13 years. Like... I don't know if everyone is looking for their parents' um, approval. Approval, but, but yeah, it took me 13 years, I think. Mm. But, but dude, yeah, it doesn't happen overnight. And you know, like what I always tell young musicians is practice every day. Mm. Practice every day and play with people that you get along with. Great to hear from Fokov Polisica founder Francois van Gogh. Thank you very much to Steven Gessi as well. And be sure to listen to the full-length interview on Halftime Chat with Siv to find in, to find it rather. Do search in the change room on Iono FM, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or wherever it is that you listen to your favorite podcasts. And uh, fantastic points that he touches on there. And I guess it's it's what you get when you are trying to. Uh, follow the dream, follow the passion. And uh, this is where I want to bring you in, Virgil, as well, because I'm sure a lot of those challenges that he faced is what you've gone through in your career. Yeah, definitely. Uh, especially now in this instance, talking about the parents and how they a- a- accept comedy. So obviously I chose comedy as my as my passion. Um, I do have a little bit of background in that I went to university. I started a BCom Law and Management degree, um, which they paid for, um, <laughs> <laughs> which obviously, as you can imagine, makes it a bit harder for them to accept the fact that now all of a sudden you want to be a comedian. And I graduated. So um, I, I do it. Till this day, I'd, I'd say my mom, between my mom and my dad, um, my mom mostly, She's, she's, she's hot and cold a lot of the time. So when comedy is going well and I'm really eating those high points, you know, those those pinnacles, then she's the happiest mother on Facebook. Oh, my son, so proud of you, God, and all his blessings shine upon your life. But the moment it's not going that way, it's like, I told you, you should finish your studies and continue with it. And I'm like, mom, you can't go up and down and up and down. What's wrong with you? So I guess for me, as long as I'm doing well, she's proud and she accepts it. But the moment, like, it's not going that well, she'd be like the first person to play you should consider continuing your studies which is not that nice but i mean it is what it is uh, my dad on the other hand i feel like he's a little bit more like accepting of change as well do you know what i'm saying because what happens with our parents is um i'm speaking about colored people now but i'm sure black people as well and i'm sure white people to a certain extent um what happens with our parents is like they fought hard like to get us jobs that they thought 
were great for us and inspirational for us. So they wanted us to be doctors. They wanted us to be lawyers. They wanted us to be pilots, you know, engineers. Engineers. Of course, in their time, those were the jobs that were amazing, you know. But in our time, like we are like, yeah, those jobs are amazing, but we're a little bit of a step ahead now. Mm. Now we want want freedom in all senses, freedom to follow your passion, you know, and something like comedy, it's a passion. It's something they like, but we didn't fight for comedy. We fought for a lawyer (laughs) and we fought for a judge. You know what I'm saying? So I think my dad has opened up his mind to the fact that, you know, um, in this new South Africa of ours, we have opportunities to follow passion. And comedy was not on their plate at the time, but it most certainly is on our plate or my plate in this time. So he's accepted that. So it's a it's a it's a if part here, there, whatever. But I think as long as I do well, both of them are happy. Yeah. If I do badly, one understands and the other one's unhappy. (laughs) The other one's on Facebook. What am I going to put on Facebook now? <laughs> so yeah, people read this, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting the likes I used to. <laughs> so yeah, but um, comedy is my passion. I I don't think I'm going anywhere anytime yeah. soon. Yeah, and I mean, if if you were to take that message and and relay to a lot of the youngsters who who you know want to play rugby, who again have been inspired by this amazing story that we've seen unfold, uh, you know, in front of our eyes of yeah. the past month and a half what would you say because I remember especially when you bring in the parents and I remember playing rugby in high school and my mom was absolutely against it and I broke a collarbone and she was just like okay that's the last time you are ever uh, uh, (laughs) you're going on that field Uh, but again there's a lot of people who you know love this sport a lot of of kids that 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 are inspired by the sport if you were to take that message and just like you know, directly send it to them. What would you say? Yeah, I would say like if it's your passion, go for it. Mm. Go for it and, and and be willing to work hard for it. Do you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of guys who become super amazing at something like rugby, for instance, who aren't the star player at school. Yeah. You know, at school, they're in the B team, whatever. But if you if you set your heart on you, you're like, this is what I want to do. Um, you train for it, you go for it, and you can most certainly achieve it. Also, sometimes in life, I feel like uh, after a while, like destiny starts calling you a little mm. bit. Like I remember when I got into comedy, at first, I didn't want to be a comedian, um, but people just kept telling me over and over, "You, dude, you're so funny. You should be a comedian." I was angry because I was sitting in the same BCom class as them. I was like, "Why are you want to kick me out? I'm also studying for the test. You're trying to kick me out." But after a while, it just becomes more and more clear to be like, "I think the world is saying something to me. I've got yeah. to follow." This. So I'm saying, follow your passion, but also read the signs. Mm. The signs will be there to be like, "I need to play me some rugby." We have to talk about you know that that term that was used a little earlier about. Destiny and reading the signs and 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 you know listening as well when destiny comes knocking and uh, the the first thing that came into my mind was someone like Makazole Mabimbi who you know he's since uh, the World Cup when has spoken about mm. the fact that he didn't play SA schools you know he mm. didn't didn't you know get anywhere near playing SA schools but I remember him at the Kings and even before that I just remember him as this blitz finish yeah. wing. And what has happened since then is, is has brought him to being, uh, you know, six tries at the World Cup, the first South African to score a try in the World Cup final, yes. uh, uh, and everything else that is going to come with that. Another man that we sim- simply have to touch on is Chesden Colby and what he represents both as a player, but I think most significantly as a small player and the love-hate relationship we've had with small players in South Africa. Uh, this game is uh, shape and size for each and every player. Um, doesn't matter where you come from, uh, what size you are, uh, what weight you are, how much you weigh. Uh, I'm a firm, firm believer if you have the right attitude, uh, 
the right hope that you can achieve uh, much more. And I can always remember my dad always told me, listen, you're not one of the biggest boys on the field, so you're going to have to put in the extra 1%. And I just kept on doing that since I was since I've been in school. And it's, it's definitely helped me as a player. And to get onto the field playing against an opponent that was probably 100 uh, or double the, the weight that I, that I am, it's an opportunity for me to, to prove people around that it doesn't matter uh, how big or how small you are, there is ways to, to get around players or tackle players. So, um, yeah. That guy just doesn't, oh, he doesn't have an end. It doesn't matter who he's up against, how big that guy is. He's just going to play as if he's bigger. Yeah. He really doesn't care about size. And that's an issue because a lot of smaller players don't have that same heart. Yeah. And then they get hurt. And then, yeah. but Cheslin can do it. Yeah, you have to do the same work Cheslin did. Yeah. So rugby is not a game. Of course, there's place for small players. But there, there isn't place for 15 small players at the yeah. same time on the field. But Cheslin <laughs> has showed that if your heart's in the right place and that if you want it done enough and if, you, if you're willing to accept the fact that you're going to have to run around someone and not over him yeah. and that you're going to make another plan to tackle the big player down, yeah. if you've made that choice, you can still do it. There's still yeah. a place for that. In fact, not only can you make the team, you can become a world champion like him. Yeah, yeah. 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 and you, you, you put Cheslin in there, you put Fafta Clark in there, you put yeah. Yankees in there, people who do not shirk the responsibility of playing their positions. As small as they are, if yeah. a tackle has to be made, yeah. they're in there, they make the tackle. Yes, I've got a, I, I prepared a little quote here for you guys. Um, it's a quote by the notorious Conor McGregor. Oh. Um, and you went on to say that precision beats power and timing Beats speed. Mm. Now I want to bring this back to Chess and Kobe. But a quick question for you guys, um, just quickly: What is your favorite animal? And a quick why? Leopard. A leopard? Why? Uh, they're just so mysterious. <laughs> mysterious. And they, 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 they keep to, they keep to themselves. Yeah. Difficult to 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 pick out. Yeah. But they just keep to themselves and they're very efficient at what they do. Cool. Good sir. Mine is a, it's, it's an elephant. Yeah. Because they're big, but they're mostly friendly. They don't forget. Unless they go and eat some of the marula fruit that fell down. <laughs> it's just, yeah, big, lovely animals and yeah, normally not a threat <clears throat> except the young bulls. Yeah, I, I associate with that, yeah. Yeah, for me, my favorite animal is uh, something that goes by the name of the honey badger. Mm. In Afrikaans, they call it tirato. It's a, it's a tiny little animal, right? Um, and I remember one time the honey badger was fighting against a cobra, and the cobra was super fast. And the commentator, he said, uh, he was like, uh, what the honey badger lacks in speed, because the cobra was super fast, he makes up with, with uh, ferocity and tenacity. Yeah. And I'd like to bring this back to Chess and Kobe. You might not be the biggest player, but tenacity and ferocity. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, have you seen Chess and tackle full body? <laughs> like, he doesn't just go in with, like, what? Yeah. He's with his entire body is on the biggest man on the field, dragging him down, ferocious and, of course, tenacious. Mm. Um, and I think that's what that comes down to. Um, size is beaten in that instance with ferocity yeah. and tenacity. Sheesh. Well, so it's last week that you can win a Castle Supporters jersey and we've got a couple of them to give away. In celebration of the box winning the World Cup, we're giving away four shirts. And all you have to tell us is which player did Johan say ranks right at the top amongst the best loose head, loose head props? Uh, in, in South African rugby. Which player did Johan say is right at the top of the list 
of loose head props in South African rugby. Send us your answer via WhatsApp on 060-921-6977. And also remember to include your name and surname for T's and C's. Go to this episode's outline on our Iono FM channel or the episode page on supersport.com. Gentlemen, we are right towards I'm the sorry, end. I, I, I just saw you. Yep. I have to jump in here. It's been sitting in the back of my mind here, something Prince said earlier yep. about uh, white soccer players and how they shouldn't just be goalkeepers. But now I've got in my mind this image of Arches Neymon as a goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> and sorry, we need one more at least, if yeah. you don't mind. <laughs> and, and, and you know no one's scoring goals if Arches no, no. no one's running at him even. <laughs> no yeah. one's running. They're scoring own goals now. <laughs> Let's go the other way. He's doing line-out jumps to save. Oh, can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Well, I mean, we've got uh, World Cup qualifiers and have uh, yeah. qualifiers, and you know, if if one of our goalkeepers do get injured, listen, there's a man who not only jumps yeah. really high; he's got what a size, probably size 14 foot, so yeah. he'll kick the full leather off that ball if uh, he is needed. But, gentlemen, it is that time of uh, uh, the episode where we have to bring everything to a close. But final comments uh, just about the World Cup and what the past month and a half has been like and just, again, what the future holds for uh, Springbok Rugby. Yeah, no, thank you for having me so much. Uh, I am Prince, of course, the comedian. Um, I would say absolutely lovely World Cup. Shout out to Japan and the Japanese people for hosting what I feel has probably been the best World Cup I've ever watched De- so far. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Right? It's been the best. And um, obviously for the Springboks, I mean, what a turnaround in that tournament to come back and win it. Uh, my other favorite games was, of course, England versus New Zealand. It was an absolute cracker yeah. to watch. Um, all the Japanese games, when they took out Ireland, took out Scotland, there was a pleasure to watch. England versus Australia as well. England mm-hmm. kicked them out the tournament as well what a pleasure to watch feel a little bit sad about Argentina I feel like they wasted a little bit in this tournament could have done better could have beaten France um, the red card against England also threw him off a bit but a, a, a tournament that I enjoyed to the fullest and I'm so happy that as South Africans we saw it out to the bitter end yeah. and uh, we left the tournament the happiest of all the happy people that were there from my side uh, just to everyone listening to this show all Springbok fans the world over listening to this just enjoy this moment, man. It, yeah. it comes around, you know, in my lifetime, this is the third time it's happened. It doesn't come around every yeah. day. Enjoy it and be as happy about this. We're going into December now, not a lot of rugby else. It's, yeah. Let's call it, it's December already. Yeah. Let's go into these holidays happy, yeah. won't we? <laughs> More than enough reason to have an extra two uh, drinks or three. But... Please don't drink and drive. That's one thing that we have to add on to that. But, gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, it has been an absolute pleasure. And, again, if you didn't know by now, the Springboks are Rugby World Cup champions. Yay! <laughs>